Okay, so uh, for those of you that don't know us, Aquila is a development stage company. Uh, we operate in the Great Lakes region, specifically the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and uh, Northern Wisconsin. We're on what's called the Pinocchio VMS belt. We actually own three assets on this belt, uh, two in Wisconsin, one in Michigan. Our flagship project is called the Back 40. It's 100% owned by Aquila. We bought the asset back from uh, HUD Bay back in the early part of 2014. After we reacquired the asset, just a little bit of history, put a new mine plan together, we recapitalized the company, and uh, we've now completed uh, permitting of the project and last year we put out a feasibility study, an open pit a feasibility study on the project. Um, we do have uh, what we believe is favorable metal exposure. There's actually five metals uh, present in the ore body, uh, but the majority of which is gold and zinc. 82% of the payable metal is in gold and zinc, and they're pretty much evenly split, 41 and 41, right down the middle. Uh, it's in a well-established and safe jurisdiction. Michigan actually passed new mining law back in 2005-2006 uh, called Part 632, and they've permitted three mines, uh, one of which is operating, which is the Eagle Mine, which is owned by Lundeen uh, since that time. So very progressive uh, mining uh, jurisdiction. Again, very mining friendly. We think it's having a bit of a resurgence right now. And incidentally, Wisconsin, where our other two projects are, again, on the same Pinocchian belt, uh, just passed new mining law in 2017. They passed what they call the Mining for America Act. And it was a bipartisan effort. Uh, they want to see mining investment come back to uh, northern Wisconsin. Uh, again, we require four permits to build and operate back 40. Uh, we've received all four of those uh, permits. They're actually state uh, issued. So Michigan is a unique state in the U.S. in that uh, for a wetlands permit or what's typically a 404 permit, which is required uh, in the U.S. It's a federal permit. You have to get it from the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, Michigan and New Jersey are the only two states that have delegated authority to issue their own 404 permit. It's actually called a 303 permit. <clears throat> so it compresses the timeline a little bit, makes it a little bit easier in that you're dealing with one uh, you know, regulatory authority um, the, in, in, with respect to the 404 permit, though, uh, the EPA does get uh, a 90-day review of your permit. Um, Well-funded, we have a strong shareholder base. Three shareholders control uh, a little better than 50% of the shares. And uh, a lot of exploration upside. We think there's exploration upside at back 40. It's open at depth. Uh, we certainly have a lot of drilling to be done there. And then obviously we have the two other assets on the same belt. <clears throat> Just to quickly cover off the capital structure, we have about 338 million shares outstanding, uh, trading up and down around the 20 cent range, so 65 to 70 million uh, Canadian market cap. As of March 31st, we had almost 12 million US uh, in the bank. That was our last uh, reporting period. We do have a gold stream outstanding with a Cisco, and we're still owed $40 million uh, in uh, cash under that, uh, under that gold stream from a Cisco. Uh, major shareholders, Orion owns 28.7%. They actually just recently acquired a Cisco Gold Royalties equity position uh, in Aquila, so that almost doubled their position to 29%. Ruffer LLP, which is a UK-based uh, uh, institution, Got about 40 billion under management. 
own 30, 13%, and HUD Bay still owns 10.5% of the company. So just, uh, this is a map, shows you where we're, where we're at. This sort of yellowish blob in the middle is what we call the Pinocchio and VMS belt. Again, a very prolific uh, belt that spans the upper peninsula of Michigan down through northern Wisconsin. There's about 24 known mineral occurrences uh, currently on this belt. Uh, it's relatively underexplored. It's actually only had one operating mine, which is called the Flambeau Mine, which is shown on the map there. It was owned by Kennecott and it was uh, closed and reclaimed uh, in 1995. But that's the only operating mine on the belt. Similar shape and size, similar uh, geology to, uh, to Flin Flon. Again, up until 2017, before Wisconsin passed their new mining laws, they had a mining moratorium in place in Wisconsin, so was not perceived to be a very friendly mining jurisdiction. But again, the, uh, the winds are changing quite significantly uh, in Wisconsin as we speak. Uh, again, we completed a feasibility study on back 40. This was on the open pit only. So this is an open pit uh, operation that'll be followed by an underground mine. Uh, the open pit is close to 12 million tons. And uh, you can see that uh, the economics were quite strong. Again, this is on the open pit only. And uh, the payback period was 2.2 years. One of the reasons why uh, the payback is so quick based on a $294 million capex uh, in the feasibility study is because there's two high-grade gold gossens at surface within the pit. You mine those in the first two or three years. You generate a lot of revenue associated with that gold. Um, so we think the project will carry debt uh, very well because of that early gold production. Um, just looking again at the revenue stream, the revenue by metal over on the right-hand side there, 82% coming from gold and zinc, and again, evenly split between the two, 10% copper, 6% silver, and a little bit of lead. Uh, you can see if you look at it by product, we'll produce three concentrates, a copper con, a zinc con, and a lead con, and then there's a gold-silver dory that we'll produce as well. Uh, you can see even though copper only constitutes 10%, of the payable metal, it represents about 31% of the product revenue, and that's because on the sulfides, uh, we do uh, a lot of our uh, gold reports to the copper concentrate, okay? So uh, that copper concentrate has high uh, PM quantities. Uh, this is just a, sh a slide, this is right out of the feasibility study actually, uh, shows the uh, leverage to certain commodity prices. You can see uh, biggest bang for the buck is in gold, so every dollar lift in gold we get a 1.8 times uh, multiplier on the uh, post-tax MPV. Zinc obviously being a big uh, revenue contributor is 1.63 times, copper, copper less than half of one times, and then you can see on the expense side and lead and silver, uh, small impacts. So what's gonna move the needle on this project from a commodity price perspective is gold and, and obviously zinc. Uh, this was the reserve estimate that was used in the uh, feasibility study. So again, uh, 11.65 million tons in the pit. Uh, if you look at it on a gold equivalent basis, we're at 4.3 grams per ton. Uh, grade on a zinc equivalent basis is 6.7%. And uh, uh, if you look at the resource estimate as a whole, so you look at the global resource estimate, which is in the appendix of the presentation, 
uh, total resource is close to 18 million tons when you include the underground and uh, it averages about close to two grams per ton of gold uh, and close to 3% zinc. Break down a little bit of the cost, so again, $294 million in capex uh, in the feasibility study, includes $31 million uh, in contingency. Uh, operating costs uh, on a gold equivalent basis, all in sustaining, uh, we're at $677 an ounce, so we certainly think we're uh, at the low end of the, the uh, range in terms of cost uh, for production. If you look at it just on a gold basis, so you're taking into account all the uh, credits from the other metals, your net all in sustaining uh, costs are negative $171. Uh, gross margins, again, just looking at other projects in this development stage. Um, it's a high margin project. We're in that 80% uh, gross margin range. Uh, so it fares very well when you compare it uh, to some of it, its peers that are in the feasibility, you know, this feasibility, pre-feasibility stage. Uh, the flow sheet, there'll be two sides to the plant. So there's an oxide leach circuit and a sulfide uh, float plant. Uh, not, no real magic here. It's all pretty conventional uh, processing. Uh, the throughput was 4,000 tons per day on the sulfides, 800 tons on the oxides. We are currently doing some metallurgical test work to try to improve our recoveries. Uh, to give you an idea, our recoveries on the gold side uh, uh, as a whole, so between both uh, uh, circuits is 63%. So we'd certainly like to see uh, those numbers go up. We are, uh, our, our gold does not float very well. Uh, so in the sulfide tails, we're sending about a gram uh, per ton uh, to the tails. Uh, just a look at the, this is a 3D model of the ore body. The gray shell is the, uh, the permitted pit. And uh, just wanting to show you some of the zones that we're targeting for future exploration. Again, it, the ore body is open at depth. You can see down here at 700 meters, the pit goes to a depth of 250 meters, but at 700 meters, we're still getting great grades, not part of the uh, overall resource, but uh, you can see LK484, you know, we've got 31 meters of over six grams gold and 2% uh, zinc. Uh, so we think this ore body has a lot to give. Uh, we just need to do more drilling. These deeper holes get more expensive. You need more of them. And so as we go forward, we'll continue to look to drill the, the uh, ore body and add tonnage and mine life. Um, we did finance, uh, the last two years, we have financed all the activity at Aquila uh, through uh, a transaction we did with a Cisco back in uh, the fall of 2017. Uh, they invested $10 million uh, in, uh, by way of a private placement in the equity of the company, and they uh, uh, purchased a gold stream from us for $55 million. There was four tranches underneath that gold stream. Uh, we've drawn down the first two, so we've drawn down 15 of the 55, and that's why I said at the outset we're still uh, owed another 40 million under that stream. And the key terms are they're buying 18.5% of our gold for 30% of spot on a go-forward basis until we deliver 105,000 ounces under the stream, and then the stream percentage falls from 8.5% to 9.25%. 
So when you look at it on a PIT-only basis, which is how we looked at the transaction, uh, the implied cost of capital was slightly less than 6%. So value creating milestones, a uh, couple of check marks at the beginning there. We did obtain our wetlands permit. That was the final permit that was required uh, back in the middle part of last year. Uh, we completed our open pit feasibility study and published it in September of last year. Uh, we're currently in what we call uh, pre-construction phase, so we're moving forward with pre-construction, getting the site compliant uh, with uh, all the permit conditions, so, you know, monitoring wells, piezometers, et cetera. Um, there's a lot of data that we can have to collect before we can start uh, actual construction. Uh, we have submitted for certain permit amendments. Again, this is just trying to sync the feasibility study design with the permitted design, uh, and in Michigan, their mining law provides for uh, certain amendments on a, on a go-forward basis. We do have an outstanding legal challenge on the project. Uh, we had two groups that challenged both our mine permit and our wetlands permit. Uh, earlier this year, uh, the judge in the, uh, it's called a contested case hearing, uh, the contested case hearing for the mine permit upheld the permit and uh, ruled uh, strongly in the company's favor. Uh, the same petitioners are challenging, challenging us on our wetlands permit, and the hearing is being held uh, this summer. The next session starts August 5th, and we expect the judge will make a decision uh, in the fall. Uh, we continue to evaluate the underground mine and looking at expanding into the underground. Hopefully we'll have some news on that uh, in the next few months, so we'll issue a PEA that shows the impact of adding the underground to the open pit. Uh, we're going to move forward next year with basic and detailed engineering. We'll continue to expand our owner's team. How much time do I got? Two minutes. Uh, and uh, look to raise project capital and look at other uh, potential strategic alternatives for the company. Uh, we have hired a financial advisor to help us with that activity, and, and uh, that activity is ongoing as we speak. Um, again, two other assets that we own on this Pinocchian VMS belt. Uh, Close proximity to back 40, about uh, 100 miles away. Uh, both are within 100 miles. Bend is a copper gold project. It's, it's underground. Uh, and uh, neither one of these projects are 43-101 compliant. Uh, but uh, the, most of the drilling at both these projects was done in the 70s, done by Naranda, actually. And uh, so Bend, uh, again, it's a copper gold project. 2.7 million tons currently at 2.4% copper. 1.1 million tons at almost five grams gold. Again, we'll look to continue to drill that in the future. We think it's a great asset and a, and a good next generation asset for us. Reef is a gold project. It will be open pitable. It's near surface. Uh, small deposit, again, 43101. Uh, not not 43101 compliant, but it's currently historic uh, resources at 412,000 tons at almost 11 grams. And again, we'll continue to add to our uh, leadership team as we go forward, as we get closer uh, to putting a shovel in the ground. And that's it. Thank Thanks. You.